Listener Production. G'day, this is Footy Talk Around the Grounds. Liam Flanagan and Brett Thomas here at TIO Stadium in Darwin off the back of what was an absolutely ripping clash between the Gold Coast Suns and the Western Bulldogs. The Suns prevailing by seven points in the end. Uh, Brett, just it was a seesawing affair in, in tricky, slippery conditions, but the Suns just had that little bit of extra fight at the end. Yeah, they did. I mean, the Dogs jumped out of the, the blocks really fast, kicked the first three goals. They were owning the ball in their forward 50, as they did uh, throughout a lot of the game, but it was just so congested in there that after they kicked those three goals, they struggled to score uh, much after that, and then um, Jack Lacocious, four goals in the second quarter, set that quarter alight. Liam Jones was moved on to him in the third term. And, and then once the Suns got the lead, you know, they, they never gave it up. They came late. Um, the Dogs kicked three in a row in the last quarter. Uh, Cody Waitman had a quiet night, kicked an important goal. Uh, and then your man, the Humphrey B. Bear, Bailey Humphrey, um, kicked the goal that uh, gave them that seven-point lead, and uh, they never looked back. This young man, a first-year player, uh, was a, he was the Suns' first selection in the most recent draft. Uh, supremely talented, and he is starting a show. That's the third consecutive week where he's probably been one of the Suns' best players. From a ladder perspective, what it means for the Gold Coast Suns is that they stay in touch uh, points-wise with the likes of Geelong, the Crows, the Swans as well. Uh, And for the Dogs, it means they lose touch with Brisbane and Port Adelaide. And now they find themselves in... something of a logjam in the middle of that top eight. Yeah, well, a massive result for the Bulldogs tonight because with the Saints and the Ds also losing, that was an opportunity to leapfrog them and go up to fourth. And and for the Suns, they just have to come out of Darwin with two wins, I think. You know, I mean, last year they went to Darwin, they beat um, both the Hawks and the Kangaroos by, by 10 goals. But just with the, the pressure that Stuart Jew was under... Um, they couldn't come back four and eight on the season. You know, they to square the ledger and, and as you said, knock on the door of the top eight, really important for them. They already have a win against the Cats this year, but they needed another big scalp, and they got that tonight because the Bulldogs have been rolling with five wins in a row and a really, you know, gritty performance. And a chance to, if they take on the Crows next week in Darwin once more, if, if depending how the, the Crows go against the Lions tomorrow, it could be a chance to, to leapfrog the Crows on the ladder and all of a sudden the narrative about the Suns and the season changes and, and there's speculation about Stuart Jew's future at the club with the departure of Damien Hardwick, maybe that disappears as well. The, the huge ramifications for this Northern Territory adventure for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, clean bill of health for most part. Um, you know, the players will be cramping badly, you would expect, in the rooms now after the game. But uh, as far as injuries, any significant ones out of the game, it looks as though both sides have got a clean bill of health. You're right there, though. Really interesting to see how they both go the next week. It was 27 degrees at the opening bounce. It was so tight and, you know, just contested footy, but virtually every ball that was won. You know, if there's a bit of a letdown for the Suns against the Crows next week and, and the Dogs have got the Cats, just the amount of energy that they used uh, in this game. So, um yeah, just, just a massive result in Darwin tonight. And, you know, the, the crowd really lifted in that last quarter as well when the dogs were coming. Terrific turnout uh, by the locals for this one. No, uh, the, aside from the lopsided free kick count, but no one ever said it had to be even, uh, it was heavily in favour of the dogs. No real points of contention out of the game. It was a fairly free-flowing affair, which was great to see. Uh, but in terms of the better players, uh, there's... 
couple of sons we need to talk about, but I think it would be remiss of us not to talk about Liam Jones first because mm-hmm. in a losing side, what he did down back, I think in terms of – have you got his marks for the game there? Uh, he was simply outstanding despite having to go at times head-to-head with Jack Lukosius who kicked five goals. Yeah, uh, 10 marks and, as you said, used the ball well as well. 14 disposals. Um, Ryan Gardner really had a poor night down back and so they had to switch that up and Jones – went from, you know, King to Lacocious. And, you know, King and Lacocious, they're still young. They could use a couple more summers in the gym. So Jones was at times either able to work them off the footy or just read the ball better off the boot. And, yeah, I think if the dogs won, he would have been in Simon Black's 3-2-1 and one tonight. And when you think about him, he's 32 years of age, and this is a guy who... Uh, Began his career at the Bulldogs. They they tried to make him a forward. Then he went to Carlton and they decided he was a key defender. Uh, and then it, he was lost to the game because of the COVID vaccination policies that the, the AFL implemented. Understandably, Liam chose to um, abstain, uh, walked away from footy and spent a year playing uh, in Queensland for Palm Beach Corumban returns as a as a really a veteran of this dog side and, and is proving to be the linchpin of that back six. Yeah, I mean, who knows how, you know, in what shape he was going to return to AFL footy. Having a year out of the game as a key defender, if he lost half a step or, a, you know, a full step, um, you know, there are so many quick, young, tall, key forwards that, you know, but just he has come back superbly, hardly missed a beat and, you know, potentially one of the recruits of the year. Suns players, let's focus on them because they did get the points and they had three real standouts of the game. Quick uh, tip of the cap to Nick Holman in game 100. The energy he pro- provides this side, uh, he got a couple of goals as well. Uh, Stuart Jew, you reckon, has him penciled in one of the first picked every week. But the three players we need to focus in on, Jared Witts, Matty Rao and Jack Lukosius. Jack Lukosius, five goals. The pre-season conversation, off-season conversation, decision was made about a bloke with his talent. They've tried him everywhere on the park. They said, no, the experiment is over. You are a forward, and it seems like it's the best fit. Yeah, against the Bombers, I think back in round two, they moved him out of the forward 50, and Stuart Drew said after that game, that was a mistake. I want to keep him there. And now he's starting to get a few games under his belt. I mean, obviously he played all his junior footies afford, so it's not foreign to him, but he's just starting to look more and more comfortable. He's a clever player, and he can take a contested mark as well. I think that game against Geelong at um, Heritage Bank, where he took you know some contested marks against their you know, strong defensive unit, got his confidence going, and then tonight, that second quarter, um, he was phenomenal. And he's not the featherweight that he once was. No. Well, I spoke to some of the Suns trainers uh, during the preseason. They had a, a session down near where I live and was having a chat with them, and they said he's put on a good five, six kilo of muscle, and he's a big frame already, but he was always quite skinny essentially yeah he was I mean we always compare him to Jack Watts and he had the same kind of build you know and and Jack Watts could you know never turn into it he was never a key forward you know he ended up being kind of a wingman or a or a half back sort of thing but uh, you know Lukosius as you said if you got stronger over the preseason he can get stronger again uh, and they you know fingers crossed they can hold on to him um, well, he's, he's such an he's important contracted I think he's still got a couple of years left on the current contract uh, you would imagine so uh, and look, you know, uh, I imagine they would be prioritising him as a as a must extend, having already extended Matt Rowe, Noah Anderson, Ben King. They're locking these guys down long. Core. You can see what that young core is. Jared Witts, not part of the young core, but certainly part of the core of this team. This is a 30-year-old who, something of a journeyman in sorts, and yet 
it looked as though early in the game Tim English was going to expose him for endurance. It looked as though English had the, the mission to run Jad Wits around TIO Stadium. And but when came final whistle, final siren, Jared Witts was standing victorious. Yeah, it was fifty-two hitouts. I think seventeen hitouts to advantage. Many of them into the path or down the throat of of Matt Rowell. He is the heart and soul of that footy club for sure. Jared Witts, you know, co-captain obviously, but he just wills himself into the contest. I think you caught at one point. He looks like a bit of a dinosaur and he's lumbering after the footy, but. You know, he just gets to as many contests as he can. So many times, as Ruckman always are, he's that get-out, kick-out of defence. He takes important marks. Uh, and you know, just great to see him fit and healthy and, and stringing games together. The other one is Matt Rowe. Uh, what we saw in the second half from Matt Rowe might be the, and we've mentioned during the commentary of the game, Zach Butters' performance last week for Port against Melbourne is probably the single best individual performance this season. Matt Royale's second half at TIO Stadium might have been the sec- the best half of football anyone's played this season. 29 disposals, 23 of those contested, 16 clearances, an important goal in the fourth quarter. There was, you know, Witsy, obviously Lacocious in the conversation for the three votes, but um, Matt Rowell is just, you know, developing into the sort of player that we hoped he would be. The glimpses we saw in his first season when he was bounding out of the middle with the, the socks up and the jumper tucked in, Nathan Buckley style. He, he's obviously had some injury issues since then. Last year, he would, was first to the footy, but just didn't have that breakaway kind of speed. He's not a quick player, but now he's getting the footy. He's able to get away from traffic, you know, get the ball out to his number two in, in Noah Anderson. And, you know, he's developing into, you know, one of the, the elite midfielders in the comp. And he is chiseled. Like, the, the strength of this so young strong. man is uh, there's... Uh, I don't know who you could mount an argument. Bontempelli is probably the second best contested mid player in the comp. Lockie Neal probably in the, on that podium with them. But I think Matty Rowe's the best contested midfielder in the competition. He, he's got a bit of the Joel, of Joel Selwood about him, doesn't he? Now he's not Joel Selwood. You know, don't call up. You can't call up this podcast, but don't write in. <laughs> we'll send give emails or tweets. He's not Joel Selwood, but he he plays that way. You know, he wins the ball the hard way. Um, wills himself into contests, and uh, yeah, he was huge. It's a wonderful win for the Gold Coast Suns, and it and it keeps pace with their season from last year. This time of the year, they're at the exact same number of wins and losses. A chance to level the ledger, go 50-50 uh, with six wins, six losses, if they can get over the Crows next week. It completes, well, it doesn't complete, but it continues the round of upsets, though, because as well as the Hawks getting over the Saints, uh, the Dockers getting over the Ds, and the Giants upsetting the Cats. Now it's the Suns upsetting the Dogs. Uh, so, you know, keep your eye out for any potential upsets tomorrow. Well, I haven't got a single tip right so far this <laughs> round because I, I tipped the Blues as well. Uh, took Miller and Lockie Weller to come back into this Gold Coast side so they can get stronger. And Luke Beveridge, he just walks away and says, let's not go back to Darwin. Yeah, I mean, and Ballarat the week before, so just that extra travel, you know, planes and then buses. Um, the cold, you know, from the cold to the hot to the heat, uh, you know, it's been a pretty tiring couple of weeks, I imagine. They'll be happy to get back to Marvel Stadium next week when they take on the Cats. Bloody All right, you're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. We'll hand it over here to the guys at Optus Stadium. We'll take us through the clash between the Eagles and the Bombers.
We're back with footy talk around the grounds. Ryan Daniels and Andrew Embley here at Optus Stadium where we've just seen the Essendon Bombers get up against the West Coast Eagles to the tune of 50 points. Embers, the Bombers had to come. They had to win. The margin, 50 points, probably felt about right for the game. What do you take away from that from an Essendon perspective? Yeah, listen, it was a job that they needed to um do. get done, and they did it uh, very well. They had a really good performance last week uh, knocking off the Tigers. They needed that. I think they uh, dropped four or five heading into that one. This was a game that we expected that Essendon would win and win well, and I just thought uh, from the beginning they did control the game. They uh, were able to maintain possession of the football a lot better. Their heat was really good, so when West Coast did win it, they were able to force them into turnover, especially in the second half, and, and had options inside forward 50 as well, and were able to um, to get the job done. So I think uh, they just wanted to come over here, get through unscathed, get the four points, and I think at the start of the game, we are thinking around sort of 10 goals, and in the end, it was a 50-point win to uh, the Bombers. Yeah, for now, they're inside the top eight. Zach Merritt, really good, 32 disposals. But you gave best on ground to Mason, Red Dog, Redman. He was absolutely fantastic all night off halfback. Yeah, he was. Uh, there was a few players there that probably could have uh, been best on ground. They were very consistent at the top there. As we said, uh, Merritt was outstanding. Uh, Martin was very good too. And, and Redman in particular, I just thought that his ability to be able to read it from half, back but they weren't just um, you know sort of chipping the ball around he run and he gunned he had the six inside 50 entries he kicked the goal he could have kicked two um, in the end uh, he passed one off so he was able to uh, to really control the game back there but uh, take it on with speed as well and I thought he was a, a very important player their backs really did um, you know find so much off it uh, Ridley McGrath as well as uh, Redmond were outstanding so um, Hipple uh, found plenty off it too so in the end uh, their backs uh, were very very good and it was just such a, an even performance by Essendon. Yeah, sure was. No injuries either for the Bombers, so that's always a big win. Nick Hine copped a bit of a hit at the end, but he should be okay. While at West Coast, subbed out of the game was Luke Edwards. He went for the concussion test, didn't pass it, so you have to say he's going to miss another game, which is a shame. Just got back in the side. While Dom Sheed, clearly hampered by an ankle, came off, had it restrapped, and was kind of limping around and just trying to stay out there to help out his side. For the West Coast Eagles, coming off that... Really bad performance last week against Hawthorne in Tassie, 116 points. They needed to come here tonight, show better effort, show better intent, and just really not get absolutely belted. How do you see it from their perspective? Yeah, I think there are some positive signs that come out of the way that they play. Now, unfortunately, right now, the bar is so low with the West Coast Eagles. So we're sort of looking for some uh, light at the end of the tunnel. We're looking at the way that they play. Uh, There's some good moments in the game, and... And there certainly was. I thought uh, Hunt played his best game probably of his career. And he uh, he found uh, the footy. He was able to run and carry and use it really well as well. Elliot Yo back into the side tonight. Ended up with 24 disposals. They are such a better side with Elliot Yo in it. Uh, Shannon Hearn back in as well. He had 27. I really liked uh, Jimby's game at halfback. So we've spoken about his year so far. And he's been thrown in the deep end. As an inside mid, he's played on some um, some of the best midfielders in the competition. And really, he was starting to look quite tired. And in West Coast tonight, they put him in a position where he's played a lot of his junior football. And he looked really solid um, across half-back. So there were some positive signs that come out of it. Um, unfortunately, um, Andrew Gaff just didn't look like he covered the ground uh, as well last night. He's been a super player for the West Coast Eagles. But... He's um, you know, spent time at playing as a half-forward uh, when the sub was made at half-time. He uh, went from wing to half-40. 
certainly not uh, his position. And um, he, uh, right now, as I said, uh, certainly not the player that he once was. And, and that happens. You, you sort of come towards the end of your career and you don't cover the ground as, as well as you do. He's been a super runner and a super player. But... Uh, as we know, uh, you can't uh, maintain that forever. One positive for West Coast, Oscar Allen, four goals tonight. He's kicked 29 for the season. Yeah. Really tough to do in a side that's not going well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. When you're not uh, getting the game played in your forward half, and again, it's not like the opposition um, know that, uh, you know, who's going to get the footy when they go inside there. I reckon West Coast, especially in the first half, missed him a few times. They blazed away a little bit. But right now, he's such a presence inside forward 50, Oscar Allen. You lower the eyes. He leads really well. He works hard. He doesn't get into the space too early, and his hands have been very good. So to kick four goals um, in your team six... Just shows how good he has. And as you said, that was 29 goals for the season. That's right. He's been, uh, been a super player. So the Bombers by 50. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, Daisy Thomas, Abby Holmes and Jay Clark on deck to unpack the whole weekend. Listener.